Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Over the last few months, as we have been in the midst of this COVID-19, we've seen some really inspiring stories, some things that have really helped us think great things about the human race, people that have put themselves out to help others. One of the sources that our family likes to get some of those stories from uh, is a new show on YouTube that John Krasinski, and most of you know him as Jim from The Office, uh, he started a new show and he calls it SGN, and that stands for Some Good News, and it's a show that he puts out once a week, and what he does is he makes that show only about good news. And so he literally pulls stories from all over the world, stories of people that do things for their neighbors, that go out of their way and make sacrifices to help people that are in need. It's incredibly inspiring to, to watch this show. In fact, if you watch this show, and maybe some of you have, you'll, you'll be laughing one minute, you'll be inspired another minute, and you might find yourself even tearing up some as you hear some of those stories. And what's interesting, and you know this, is there's something very moving about someone who does something for someone when they don't have to. And we've seen a lot of that taking place during this season. But probably what's even more inspiring than that is when someone does good for someone when they have been done wrong by that same person. I mean, there's something about someone that's willing to do something good and gracious for someone that has done nothing but wrong to them that is inspiring, sometimes confusing, and very moving. Over the next two weeks, we're going to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, and it's a letter that he wrote from a Roman prison, and it's a letter that he wrote to a dear friend of his by the name of Philemon. And in this letter, Paul asked his friend Philemon to do something for someone that has deeply wronged him, something that is very uncommon. And it's in this letter, as we examine this letter, that we're going to see some, some different characters in this letter. We're going to see Paul, who's the writer. We're going to see Philemon, who's the person that he's writing to. And then we're going to hear about another guy by the name of Onesimus, that is the person that Paul's writing to Philemon about. And in one thing we're going to see throughout this entire letter, and it's not a long letter, is we're going to see as we examine this letter, common men encounter uncommon grace and live uncommon lives. And like I said, the three men we're going to look at, each of them, Paul, Philemon, and Onesimus, all are men that were just common men that encountered uncommon grace and because of that lived uncommon lives. Philemon chapter 1 verse 1, if you have your Bible or your phone or it'll be up on the screen, it says this, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our fellow worker. 
Paul starts his letter to Philemon, and Paul, as he's writing this letter, he's about five to seven years from the time where he will die. And he's writing this letter from prison, and he introduces himself to Philemon as not an apostle. He introduces himself at the beginning of this letter as a prisoner of Christ. And Paul, like the other two men that we'll, we'll see in this letter, was a man that in his life had experienced the grace of Jesus that had transformed him. In fact, when we first meet Paul, we meet him in Acts chapter 7, and we meet him, and his name is actually Saul back then. And the first time that we meet Saul, we, we see this young man who's in his late 20s, early 30s, and he is a part of a religious group that is killing Christians. And so the first time we see him, he's actually being a part of killing a man by the name of Stephen. And Paul, back then named Saul, was part of this elite religious group. And their entire goal, and for, for, for Saul back then, his entire goal was to stop the movement of Jesus. He hated Christians, he hated what they stood for, and he was aggressive about stopping them. And, and in fact, it says this in Acts chapter 8, verse 2, as it describes Saul, it says this, it says, Devout men buried Stephen, this Christian they had just killed, and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. And so this, this writer, the guy that writes to Philemon, he writes several decades later. But when we first meet him, he has not been transformed by the grace of Jesus. And in fact, he is literally wreaking havoc on the church. But then this, this young man, Saul... He heads to a city called Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And on his way to Damascus to continue to do what he's been doing, and that's really to take out Christians, on his way to Damascus, he meets Jesus and is radically changed. See, it says this in Acts chapter 9 verse 3. It says, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. See, the uncommon grace that Paul, whose name back then was Saul, met that day on the road to Damascus, that uncommon grace was the driving force behind this Christ-hating Christian killer becoming one of the greatest catalysts to the early church and the movement of the message of Jesus. See, as you think about back then Saul becoming a Christian, it would be like where I grew up. I grew up in Florida, and in Florida, college football is a pretty big deal. And in our family, we really were huge fans of the Florida Gators. And if you're a huge fan of the Florida Gators, you absolutely hate the Florida State Seminoles. That's just how it is. And so it would be like a huge fan of the Florida Gators becoming a huge fan of the Florida State Seminoles. It would be, man, that would be, that just doesn't happen. And that's what it would be like. Or if you're from the Midwest, it'd be like an Ohio State fan changing 
colors and becoming a Michigan fan, which that never happens. To be serious, it would honestly be like, imagine if a guy like Osama bin Laden, his son, became a follower of Jesus and spent his entire life planting churches to share the message of Jesus. That's what it was like when this guy named Saul became a follower of Jesus and was transformed by the grace of God. And many years later now, as this guy named Saul, his name has been changed to Paul, he's sitting in this Roman prison and he's penning this letter to his personal friend named Philemon. And as he's writing to another common man who met uncommon grace and his life was radically changed, he writes this letter to Philemon, and this letter will be read by Philemon, it will be read by Philemon's family, and it will be read to the church that meets in Philemon's house. And as Paul writes to Philemon, he does what he does in a lot of his letters, and he tells Philemon some of the things that he's praying for him and he's thankful about him and as we continue on in this letter it really gives us some insight at what type of man Philemon was look at verse 4 as Paul's writing he says this he says I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers Philemon because I hear of your love and the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. Paul, he writes to Philemon and he says, man, buddy, I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this wasn't this isn't a faith, just an intellectual faith, but this is a faith that that radically changed a man by the name of Philemon. And now Philemon was actively participating in loving other people and taking the message of Jesus Christ to his community. And Paul says, Man, I'm I'm thankful for that. But then he says this as he continues to speak of Philemon in his letter to Philemon. He says this in verse 7. He says, For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints, the hearts of the other followers of Jesus, have been refreshed through you. See, you learn a lot about somebody when you hear somebody close to them what they pray for for that person you, you learn a lot about somebody when you hear what someone that is close to them has to say about them and what they pray for them and, it's, and as Paul is praying and, and really thanking Philemon for his life he, he says this and as he's sitting in prison he says man I'm, I'm just here's what comes to mind Philemon I'm so thankful and I continue to pray for you because your faith is strong and it's this faith that's not just intellectual but it's this faith that is it's act, there's action to it and it comes to the point where you refresh other people you refresh you encourage other people that's what I think of Philemon when I think of you, how you refresh other people. That word refresh is an important word. It's the same word that Jesus used in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where he said this, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
That word refresh is the same word for rest. See, being someone who refreshes other people, it's hard to manufacture. You can't manufacture that. I mean, you, you can give people a bunch of stuff, you can serve them a bunch, you can do a lot of things for them, and, and you can do all that and never really be refreshing to them. Because providing rest and refreshment has more to do with who you are on the inside than what you do on the outside. And as Paul thought of Philemon, he said, man, your faith in the Lord Jesus, it shows itself in how you love other believers and how you refresh them. I want you to think about your own life. Who in your life would you say, man, when I'm with that person, I leave encouraged and refreshed? Maybe, maybe right now as you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you could even put that person's name in the feed. Just somebody that you'd say, man, when I'm with that person, I leave encouraged and refreshed. For Lori and I, we've had several people in our life that have encouraged us and that have been a refreshment to us but probably no one more than a couple by the name of Dave and Jane Van Camp. Dave and Jane Van Camp came into our life when we were in our early 20s. They worked with us in ministry. They encouraged us. They mentored us. They were the type of people that would just invite you over to have a cup of coffee or tea, have a piece of pie, not have a big agenda, but just want to encourage you and spend time with you and and you always left their home or time with them you always left encouraged you left refreshed you look forward to spending time with them because you knew they didn't have a huge agenda for you they just wanted to be a help to you in any way they could and you probably have people like that in your life and as Paul thought of Philemon that's what he thought of he thought of a man that had been transformed by the grace of God to the point where with when people were with him, they left encouraged and refreshed because of his deep love and faith in Jesus Christ. See, Paul had been transformed by uncommon grace. Philemon had been transformed by uncommon grace. And now it leads us to a third person, that Paul was actually writing this letter about, a man by the name of Onesimus. And as Paul writes about Onesimus, you can see in verse 8, if you follow along with me, here's what Paul says. He's writing to Philemon and he says this, Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, I'm an old man and now a prisoner also for Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. Paul's writing this letter to Philemon. And he's writing to him about this, this young man named Onesimus. And Onesimus, at, at, at one time earlier in his life, he was actually a slave or an employee of Philemon. And Onesimus, at, at some point in his time with Philemon, he ran away from Philemon and he stole from Philemon is what most commentators think. 
And so he ran away from Philemon and he found his way to Rome. And he found his way to Rome probably with thoughts of, hey, I'm going to start a new life. I'm going to gain, I have freedom now. And here's what happened though. Onesimus, he, he leaves Philemon, he steals from him, he does him wrong, he flees to Rome, and there in Rome, he comes across a prisoner by the name of Paul. And what's interesting is Onesimus was fleeing to Rome because it brought with it the idea of freedom and a new start. But little did he know that he would meet this guy by the name of Paul. And Paul would share Jesus with Onesimus. And Onesimus would understand a freedom that he could have never comprehended before. A freedom from his past. A freedom from sin. A freedom from guilt. A freedom to do what's right. And Onesimus, in just an incredible picture of God's grace, meets up with Paul. And his life is radically changed. And, and what's interesting as you think about this uncommon grace that, that linked Paul and Onesimus in a city that they should have never met up, but God sovereignly brought them together. What it reminds me of is this, that uncommon grace is not weak, but instead is a pursuing grace that breaks chains and leads to freedom. The freedom, when understood, results in loving sacrifice and service beyond what is common. And that's what we see here. We see this uncommon grace of God that, that has brought Onesimus and Paul together. And now Onesimus' life is radically changed because he's come in contact with Paul, this guy that shares with him about the grace of God that has changed his life radically. And Onesimus starts a relationship with Jesus. And he goes from being a runaway criminal to someone that the Apostle Paul says is useful and is so close to me, he's like my son. See, Onesimus, along with these other men, Paul and Philemon, were all men that were just common men that encountered uncommon grace and as a result, lived uncommon lives. Maybe you're watching this or you're listening to this and you would say, man, I'm a little bit skeptical of this whole Jesus thing. I'm, I'm not really sure that I believe all this stuff about Jesus. See, here's what I would ask of you. If, and again, if you're skeptical, you're somebody that's not sure what you believe about Jesus, maybe you're just investigating faith. Would you do one thing for me? Would you just ask yourself the question, what would the ramifications be on my life if I were to embrace this grace that Paul, Philemon, and Onesimus embraced that's available to me? The same grace that radically changed these men, that changed a slave owner, that changed a murderer, and changed a thief is available to you. And what's interesting about this grace that God provides, it's, it's a grace that understands that we've sinned. It's not a grace that pretends we've got it together. It's a grace that is offered to us in spite of our sin. And it's also a grace that isn't just a grace that just is talked about, but it's a grace that was shown by action when Jesus Christ came to earth. 
lived a sinless life and died on the cross and shed his blood to pay for the sins of the world. It's a grace that doesn't just talk, but it acts. And it's a grace that offers freedom and hope no matter what your past. It's the same grace that changed Paul. It changed Philemon. It changed Onesimus. And it can change you. And so if you're watching this and maybe you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, maybe you're listening to the podcast, would you just ask yourself the question, hey, what would the ramifications on my life be if I was to embrace the grace of Jesus? What would it look like? Maybe you're somebody that you'd say, hey, Chris, I've done that. I'm a follower of Jesus. I know many of you that are watching this, you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a few weeks, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a few decades, but you'd say, man, I'm a follower of Jesus. And here's the question I would encourage you to really ask yourself. It's this, what comes to mind when people think of you? Maybe a better way to ask it, hey, when people interact with you in person or on social media, how do they leave feeling? Do they leave refreshed? Do they feel refreshed? Do they leave encouraged? Does Jesus look more attractive to them because of their time with you? As Paul described Philemon in this letter, he described him as a man that when people spent time with Philemon, they left refreshed. They were encouraged. And Jesus looked more attractive because of the interaction they had with Philemon. And maybe you're like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Or maybe you kind of play it off like, you know what? I don't really care what people think. Well, here's what I would encourage you to do. If you're not sure how how people look at you or maybe how you come off to people or how people leave you and what they feel about you, ask somebody. Ask somebody that loves you enough that is willing to tell you the truth. Maybe another thing you can do that will really give you a good picture of maybe how you come across to people is just look at the last month, your interactions on social media, the posts you've put up, the interactions you've had. As you you ask people that are close to you and as you look at the interactions you had, And if you really examine yourself, can you see that you're a person like Philemon that refreshes and encourages and makes Jesus look more attractive? See, one of the incredible evidences of the grace that Jesus gives us is that he brings things to our minds that we need to change. One of the ways that he shows us that he loves us and that he shows us his grace is that he brings us to a point where we see things in our life that don't line up with his life and we have the opportunity to repent, which means to turn away from it and we're transformed. And so if you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you would say, you know what, Chris, if I'm honest, I don't know that I leave people refreshed and encouraged. I don't know that people leave me and are more attracted to Jesus because of what they see me post on social media. I don't know if I come across that way. Would you be willing to, as we close, pray a simple prayer? 
And here's the prayer. We'll put it up on the screen. And maybe you want to write it down. Maybe it's something that this week you just want to pray on a, maybe a daily basis, maybe a few times a day just to help you be a person that shows grace to other people and refreshes them. Here's the prayer. May my words, interactions, and example refresh the lives of people and point them to the beauty of Jesus. Let me read that again. Would you just would you be willing to pray this this week? May my words, interactions, and example refresh the lives of people and point them to the beauty of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the message in the story of Philemon. In this letter that Paul wrote from a Roman prison just a few years before he died. And Lord, there's so much that we can learn if we would just be honest about what's going on in our own life. I pray, God, that you would point out in our hearts areas of our life that maybe we don't have that line up with you. And may we never forget the uncommon grace that you showed us. And if we're a follower of you, how that grace transformed us. May we never take that for granted. And God, may we be people that when others are around us, whether they're a follower of you or not, that they, when they leave us, they leave encouraged. They, they leave refreshed. And they leave more attracted to you than they were before they interacted with us. In Jesus' name. Amen.